As women of color, we celebrate Black History Month, not just for 29 days, but for each day we are given a chance to celebrate who we are and where we come from. We strive to positively pay homage to those that fought for us, on behalf of us, and are in support of us. Today's topic is not for the faint-hearted, the intolerant, or the oblivious. We touch on a sensitive subject that illuminates the constant reminder of how the color of our skin or the backgrounds that we come from divide, shape, and shade our relationships within the American workforce. We ask that you open up your heart, that you relax your mind, and that you challenge your opinion on the subject matter. This message is to inform the unaware, inspire inclusion, and to eradicate antagonism. This is Between You and I podcast. Between You and I, with a hint of sarcasm and no wow. filter, two friends open up about following their heart, breaking bad habits, and share advice on what they've learned along the way. This is Between You and I Podcast. Between you and I. Today on Between You and I Podcast, we will have bachata music as our background. If you are from the Bronx, then you know that the bachata tunes play frequently in these parts. It is almost... Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, we go from Black History to Hispanic Heritage. I guess it's okay. You know what? This is actually great because now you can feel like you're here in the Bronx with us. Yeah. This lightens the mood and the frequency for our topic today, which is quite dense. You know, we hope you guys are uh, doing well, and uh, welcome to another episode of Between You and I. Welcome. This is episode eight. Wow, we're almost done with the season. Yes, season Seasons finale coming change. soon. Seasons change. I promise hey. you, she will not pursue <laughs> a career in singing. I love to sing. That is a fun fact. I love to sing. If she could only really sing. No. Oh, oh. (laughs) Listen, for all of our listeners who know me since, you know, back in the Dizzy, you got to let Kirstie know how I can lay it down on the track. I mean, please let me know because what I'm hearing right now is not adding up. This is play play. This is play play. What I'm listening to now is not adding up. Oh, my God. (laughs) What are we talking about today? Being a person of color in the workplace, you know, something light. (laughs) (laughs) Jokingly. This is not a lighthearted topic. We both know that we did not come as prepared as we usually do because what did you say, Kirsia? I said I wanted this to be authentic. I wanted it to be raw. And not that all of our other episodes are not authentic, but I just wanted everything to come from a true place. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that 100%. So no flashcards for me. I kind of missed some today. (laughs) No, It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, just use your hands for the bachata (laughs) in place of the flashcards. No, No, I I agree. I wrote some notes just so that I can make sure to stay on topic. But yeah, um, this is definitely 
a topic that will require authenticity to its fullest capacity. Right. So let's get started. Let's I should start. sing every single question just so you know how great I can wow. sing. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, no, for real, for real. So being a person of color in the workplace clearly has its pros, its cons, a lot of struggles, a lot of upsides, and a lot of downsides. How diverse are your workplace environments been, like past and present? And mm. how has this affected you, if at all, in any way? Mm. Uh, my current employer has to be the least diverse environment I've been in. Really? Yeah, and it may be because it's a small firm. I, I really don't know why. But I am the only woman of color. Kirsia, girl. In my firm. <laughs> my heart. My heart. My heart. Yeah. I also work in a very um, male-dominated industry. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a good question. Does it really affect me? I thought a lot about this um, episode. And I try to really dive in, you know, into what my... Dive Oh, my God. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Send help. (laughs) Hashtag send help. SOS. Sorry, boo. Please continue. (laughs) (laughs) Got a show on one time. (laughs) Like I was mentioning earlier, I really, really sat with myself. You know, and ask myself these same questions. Like, how do you feel being the only um, woman of color in my firm? And it doesn't bother me. Really? It does not bother me. I think it doesn't bother me because the firm is small. Yeah. I think if it was a bigger firm, I think my thoughts would be different about such. No, but I'm really happy to hear that you haven't seen that much of an effect in your current, you know, environment, because it is a place that you spend a lot of time in. Right. And that is, you know, obviously, as we stated earlier, there's many highs and lows. That is definitely a high. And that yeah. must also mean, too, that do you feel anybody in your workplace, if you're the only person of color, do you feel that anybody treats you differently? Differently, not differently, like we're not diving that deep yet, but differently mm-hmm. in a sense of, like, Kirsia, what does this mean? Or, yeah, hey, girl. That's that's my favorite. Hey, girl. I'm a grown-ass woman. I've Only never, my homegirls can call me girl, okay? Yeah, I've never gotten the hey, girl thing. <laughs> Thank they, God. Because they already know. It'd be on and popping, right? Let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. You know I walk around with a, what they call it? S on your chest. With a resting bitch face all the time. <laughs> Kirsia invented RBF, y'all. I did. <laughs> I did. I should get credit for it. Hey. Yeah. Less wrinkles, too, you guys. For you real. Know. There are things that do come up. I've had several conversations with some of my um, coworkers, and there are things, certain things that they don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, why or why do they feel this way? But they. Um, but do you find yourself often being the voice for everyone because they don't understand? For everyone, no. So these conversations are usually intimate. Okay. You know, small firm. They're usually intimate. I don't find myself being the voice 
you know, mm-hmm. unless I feel like I should be the voice. Yeah. Which hasn't really happened. Um, I've had several conversations, though, where I had to think to myself, like, of course they don't get it. Mm-hmm. They're not a person of color. Why would I expect them to understand? Mm-hmm. 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 For you sure. know, like, I was really triggered by the whole Super Bowl thing. And I had a conversation oh, with yeah. the whole um, Shakira and J-Lo performing and people, specifically people of another race, had um, a lot to say about the way they were dressed and saying that they were too sexy mm. and inappropriate and it wasn't appropriate for the kids to watch. I had a small conversation um, with someone in the office and they were like, oh, you know, my family thought that it was too sexy, that it was disgusting. They had the disgusting. Hands. Disgusting was the word. Oh wow! Used now. If you guys remember, about a year or two ago, Adam Levine performed and was half ass naked, half damn naked, near exposing all of his tattoos. I didn't hear the outrage. Exposing his baby boy chest. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. If you're an Adam Levine fan, nothing against him in terms of a musician. He's a great artist. Yeah, I love Adam Levine. But the fact of the matter is, number one, he is a male. And number two, he was half naked, which obviously presumes sexual enticing. Mm -hmm. And when you put J-Lo and Shakira on stage, first and foremost, sorry that they look good and they look quote-unquote appealing without doing anything but let mm-hmm. don't let them shake a thigh it's like girl <gasps> oh my god the outrage and then on top of that again if you don't or if you're not aware of that particular culture you don't know where things come from mm-hmm. so a lot of the actions that were taken on that stage come from the latina culture come from where's shakira from she's half um colombian and half she's from her dad is from somewhere in the Middle East. Yes. But I know that she did, like, there was some sort of movement that she did where she With her flipped tongue. her tongue. People were so outraged. I'm like, that is definitely, like, a love calling that they do mm-hmm. in her culture. Mm-hmm. If you knew that, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, she's flicking her tongue. I'm like, okay, but seeing Adam Levy's V-line in his pants is no different. Yeah. So... There was that conversation and it took everything in me to not like be like, what? Yeah. You know, I had to ask this person, well, did you watch it? What did you think about it? They didn't watch it, but they were just telling me what their family thought about it. Mm -hmm. And so there's been those type of conversations. I've also been asked what's black Twitter. Oh my God. (laughs) Fucking Google. You know, um... Wow. There's been many conversations, but I have to say that this person is a bit more open than other people because they're always open to listening and learning. That is greatly appreciated. And I I appreciate that so much. Like, we don't come from the same place, but thank you for being open to what things actually are versus what you believe they are. Mm -hmm. That is beyond appreciated. In the utmost, it's it's utmost respect because for that person to not be a person of color, and when you are a person of color, you automatically expect for the non-person of color to just not care, to re- enjoy being in their midst of ignorance. Right. 
And for those that actually are on the flip side of that, we appreciate you also. Yeah. Because you understand that there's more truth to a lot of to life outside of what you might have grown up around. Right. Or right. what or what you might have benefited from. Right. Let's keep it all the way funky. Okay. That's a good one. Wow, that's cool. My workplaces have always been minimally diverse. Mm-hmm. And I've worked in firms of 13 people. I've worked in firms of over 200 people. And a going trend that I've seen is the lack of diversity. And being that I've worked in both North Carolina and New York, I have found most of my workplaces have been minimally diverse. Mm-hmm. Not only have I worked in different locations or, you know, even in the South, it was very um, different from here. Yes. Wow. Uh, with the exception of one place, one one particular uh, job that I had, it was predominantly people of color. And mm. I'm so- not even sorry to say there's pros and cons with that, too. But that was the best. I was the m- most mentally stable and, and emotionally well in that environment. Mm. Um. So I will definitely say that. But I've also worked in a lot of different industries. I've been in the medical industry. I've been in the real estate industry. I'm in the IT field now. I've been everywhere. Listen, I like to dibble and dabble, see what I like. And without completely trying to make my statement appear as though there's a lot of lack of diversity and inclusion within workplaces because there is. I will also have to say this has prompted me to ask myself how much research and how much diligence did I have to ensuring that I was getting a job in a place that was diverse. Because most often during those times when I was looking for work, Mm -hmm. my first thought was not, do y'all have enough black people? Or do you guys care about us or will I be able to walk in and see, you know, another sister, another male Mm -hmm. that looks like me? Like Mm -hmm. I'd never put that into context until now. Okay. So it is something that you do now. It is a very. You look into it. You do your due diligence and figure out if the firm is diverse. Yes. Okay. It is very big for me now, mainly because of what we're going to cover in the rest of this episode. You know, it's like a catalyst to the next thing, or it's the root. If you do not have diversity and inclusion just within your workplace, then that most often means that you don't have diversity in your decision making in terms of the business, you don't have different perspectives that pull into creating something within the organization and, you know, matters will be handled according to one particular way or Mm -hmm. one viewpoint versus it being very inclusive, very open. You know, I like being in open-minded spaces where no matter what your role is, whether you're a C-level executive or a junior employee, Mm -hmm. you issue the same amount of respect and you issue the same amount of humility. Right. And, you know, you're cool. It is. You know, you're cool with being wrong. You're cool with learning. I would love to be in places like that. But 
I don't know where America got this idea that you must present yourself as if you're like perfection within the workplace Mm. and you're not. So yeah, my places haven't been too diverse at all in the place that I am currently employed at probably has the least amount of diversity I've ever been in and it's I can feel it yeah in my current office out of 80 plus individuals Mm -hmm. there are only three women of color Mm -hmm. and two of them are african-american women including myself okay and it is very it's it's rough territory period point blank it is Mm -hmm. rough territory Everyone always likes to assume you're angry. You oh, know. my God. Everyone, in, they, they confuse anger with passion. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? Or, <laughs> like, they, there's just so many fucking layers yeah. to it. Yeah, and to your point about everyone always thinks that you're angry as soon as you, like, raise your voice. I learned very early on, mm-hmm. okay, even when I worked in more diverse firms, mm-hmm. that while speaking up and raising our voices may be encouraged for everyone else, mm-hmm. okay, they may be interpreted differently for women of color, hence what you just said, <coughs> it's, it's an angry it's... black woman and other stereotypes um, that we often hear. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. For me, the reason why it's bad is because it immediately takes away the justification of the point of view. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I find that these types of environments love preaching, you know, to stay professional and to stay open-minded but as soon as they hear from the mouth of a strong passionate person their emotions come into play and it's Mm -hmm. like but I thought this was a professional environment why are your emotions getting involved right I hate when I am the victim of someone speaking on my behalf Mm. because they always translate my words that are absolute with a feeling or an emotion that is completely opposite from what I was trying to convey. Right. Like I can literally say, Hey, was I not supposed to be a part of this meeting? My understanding was that me being a part of this meeting would ensure that all departments were fully aware of how we were going to proceed with this process. Mm-hmm. It gets translated. Courtney was pissed. She didn't and get angry invited that to the she meeting. She didn't get invited to the meeting. <sighs> it's like, Mm-hmm. And and on, so not only are you misappropriating my words and how I'm trying to translate, you know, my true perception of of a of an experience or a or, or an event, you also begin training the people that are a part of it to believe and to think into a perception that's not even fucking real. Right. I feel that. So that means not only am I getting sideswiped by my colleagues thinking if there's something I don't agree with that they're going to be met with my anger but I also doubly get sideswiped because you now think I am just that person you need to be on guard with or I am that person you might not want on your projects or I am that person that will challenge you or I'm that person 
that you will receive a response from and it doesn't matter what that response is Mm -hmm. you'll just negate it to what your own belief is and move on right and that's disrespect so So. (sighs) (laughs) it's like a therapy session And the reason why I mentioned why that place of employment where it was predominant, when I say predominantly mm-hmm. people of color, I mean out of the staff of, and our patients were all people of color for the most part, but mm-hmm. out of a staff of about 45 people, there were maybe two Caucasians. So wow. it was interesting to see how they navigated, but they were cool. Mm-hmm. But the reason why it was so it was so easy for me was because I would be able to convey my thoughts. Right. Everyone would understand. Everyone would get it. We would all come in. We would all work incredibly diligently. We would all joke, have fun. If there is something happened, it would be a discussion, move on. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't all of this back and forth. There wasn't all of this like, wow, I'm humiliated or wow, I'm being disrespected. Right. None of that went down, no matter what side of the minority coin you fall on. It is definitely unfortunate if you are in an environment where you are the minority. Right. So that brings my next question, Court. They are real business consequences to being in the minority at work. What consequences have you experienced? Mm. Well, that's one you know, your point of view being completely misappropriated. Mm -hmm. Another business consequence, and it's interesting, I look at consequences from the perspective of the person and the organization. I feel as a person, my mistakes have been handled differently than my counterparts. Mm. How so? I just clearly see that when someone that is not a person of color makes a mistake that is similar to one I've made in the past, the way that they are addressed regarding that situation is so light compared to myself. Light in a sense of they didn't get the third degree burn, like where were you when you were thinking about doing this? Or did you make the call at what time? You know, how long did it take you to process this particular task? It's like, whoa. First of all, this person is very much capable of doing their job. Yeah. And for you to be giving me the third degree as if I should be supporting them. Like if you're babysitting, though. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, no. And I am grateful to my parents. And I believe any person of color teaches this to their children is to be very effective in the workplace. Document everything that you do Mm. so that no one can come behind you and tell you that you didn't do something when you did. Right. I am an incredible documenter Mm -hmm. i'm that person that you say you go behind closed doors and say no courtney never sent it she said she was Mm -hmm. and then they come to me and i have the timestamps, the emails you got a whole little book just for that and i have the conversation that you know i sent to you via skype that says i sent it and you were like awesome i'm gonna look out you have a little notebook i have everything for that everything (laughs) you will not catch me you will not catch me slipping that's just the nature of who I am too but on the opposite side of it I do it because I am a person of color because we're always viewed as not working hard enough 
That's another consequence. Mm -hmm. The mental warfare that we have to go through just to make sure that we can get our paycheck at the end of the two weeks is absurd. It's absurd. Some people walk in, you know, late and they're never questioned. You walk in four minutes late and it's like, how are things at home? Why are you concerned about what's happening in my household? I was four minutes late. Chill. Yeah. I'm sorry that you've had to go through those experiences. Um. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's all in good faith, though. And by good faith, I mean, I always see it as, you know, my higher power, my higher source relationship. Some people call it God Mm -hmm. just is telling me like, Courtney, you are in, no one is in your lane. You're in your own lane. So if you are in your own lane, you have to curate experiences that are within your lane. Right. So instead of getting upset or being disappointed, I try to make it a teaching moment for the people involved. Like, Mm -hmm. listen, I did my part here. If there was anything that I did, you know, incorrectly, please show me. If you can't show me, then we have nothing to discuss. I've actually had to tell that to a former manager of mine. Wow. He he mentioned that he had been seeing my attitude has been changing. I've been very short towards him or towards just like him. in general, towards, like in the office. No, it was towards him. It was towards him. And he tried to coax it to say or make it appear as though he had heard from several resources that they noticed a, a change in me. But what I find so funny is why is it being discussed? First of all, why is it being discussed? Second of all, when will all y'all little motherfuckers going to tell me you thought I had a problem? Like, if we're colleagues and if I see you're struggling, I would never go to your direct report and say I think something is wrong. Now, did you feel like what they were saying is true? Like, did you feel like your attitude did change towards uh, this individual? It did. Okay. Now, it did change because I was tired. First, I was confused. Mm -hmm. This person at the time made it very apparent that he did not want to do his job, even though he was my direct report. So what I would do was I would try to keep him in the loop with things, and he would always respond with, Court, you got this. Like, I trust you. Thank you. And the moment I don't update you on something because I handle the task, and you're then you come to me and you're telling me I have an attitude. And it's like, well, what do you want, bro? What do you want from me? What do you want? Like this attitude, this anger, and it's not even anger. It's just this frustration is coming from the simple fact of I don't want to be on your merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on your your roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be on that. I need clear and concise communication. That's it. Yeah. It just really put me in a space of just saying to myself, oh my God, this again. Yeah. Do you find yourself like mentoring other women of color in your workplace? We don't mentor each other. We support each other. Okay. Support because we all see the bullshit. Like Mm -hmm. we all come to each other. We talk about, you know, different topics, different things. And then if it happens to be something related to work, we automatically look at each other like, really? And there's no conversation needed. You know, it's like, trust me, you were not bugging. I hear you. That's important. 
It, it's very important. What about you? Have you suffered any real business consequences at um, work? Not anything known to me. At least not anything that was in my face. I've been blessed to not have any of those experiences. What about compensation? Oh, like as far as pay? That's a consequence. Not that we all know who makes what, but have you ever been in a situation where you found out that a counterpart or somebody, you know, in a more junior role than yours was making more money than you? No, but we can talk about the pay gap. It's definitely there. Okay, which is uh, very significant and remains to be significant for such a long time now. Mm-hmm. Let's see what the numbers are. I mean, if you think about it, African-American and Latino women are the most disenfranchised, underrepresented, and the least protected person in America. Right. Let alone the workforce. So you already know there's a, a huge pay gap. And what's so crazy is it's not only a pay gap, but it's it's a work ethic gap as well. If we break it down by race and ethnicity, mm-hmm. the gap is even worse. Okay, <laughs> so white men get paid a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. Of that dollar, black women get paid 61 cents. That's 39% less. Okay, <sighs> Latinas get paid 50, 53 cents on the dollar, which is 47% less. I'm okay, tr- and any way you look at it, there's a pay gap for women. Period. Triggered. Man, that is, I don't, I don't understand. And what are you doing with it? That's the thing. It's like you're not even, well, let me chill. Let me relax. It's insane to me because no matter what our jobs are, right, how much education we have or how much experience we have, we still get paid less. It doesn't even matter. You type know? of type of backwood, backwards ass mess is that? I don't understand. Oh, here's something interesting. Nearly one in three Americans are not aware of the pay gap between women and men. One in three? One in three. That's disgusting. Oh, listen to this. It gets better. The pay gap starts early. As soon as age 16, girls are paid less than boys the same age. And the gap only grows from there. Yo, that is, it is time for us to teach our children the truth in regards to how to show up for themselves and how they show up in the world because that is absolutely atrocious. Now listen to this, Court. If women were paid fairly, the average woman would earn over 400000 more during the course of her career. Okay? Each woman's extra annual earnings would pay off their student loan debt in just under three years. And I think this is why so many women are going into entrepreneurship. Honestly, in Perdon- I think right now in terms of opening uh, businesses... African-American women are leading in that. And it's specifically because of this very reasoning. How am I supposed to trust and believe that you will pay me my worth if you don't even know what my worth is? First of all, the fact that my worth is a part of the conversation. It's about doing the job. If I'm capable of doing the job... You're qualified. You, if I'm you have, qualified. If you, if you qualify, if you have the experience and if you have the education, why am I still being paid less? 
based it, not only you know we have we're, we're dealing with a double bias right because not only are we women of color but we're women mm, very much so and trust me they do not like us spicy oh listen to this women aren't assertive enough to ask for raises it's not about being assertive enough it's about having the platform to do so wait a minute what'd you say lord i just found something else which is very interesting to me because i was having a conversation with somebody i won't <laughs> name drop and we were discussing the pay gap mm-hmm. situation right mm-hmm. and this individual told me that women earn less because they take time off from motherhood what 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 and i'm, and I'm only bringing that up because i'm you know as i'm doing the research it came up and my response to this individual was what about the women that are not mothers the women who don't want to become mothers the women who can't exactly. be mothers exactly why why but it says here in this article women earn less because they take time off from motherhood it is estimated that for every child a, a woman has she suffers a 5% wage penalty i don't understand that mm. Mm, mm, mm. I don't, it's not acceptable what's so crazy is like women birth all y'all big headed ass people <laughs> like women are birthing you women are the ones on their bags pushing trying not to lose their own life for you and here you are trying to say why she should have less come on are you kidding me yeah that is atrocious yeah childbirth is a whole nother topic we could talk up here for hours about that but okay yes i honestly don't need that i need all of the the monies that i am warranted but if you want to say that i have to receive less okay my mental health has changed my physical body has changed my emotional and chemical not only balance that has you, need time, you need time to care for your child to bond with your child that's what i'm saying like the fact of the matter is to birth that whole process of carrying birthing recuperating building that relationship with your child it takes time and we live in a in an age where time is of the essence Mm -hmm. no you need time when you have a child most women equate it to being hit by a car Mm -hmm. how many men know how that feels Mm -hmm. they don't i feel like and this is starting to become like a women's discussion (laughs) i know i'm like we kind of shift but we're gonna shift back but i find that Maybe this is where feminism was born because it's like we are always being catalyzed as not being good enough or not doing good enough when we created it all to begin with. Hello. We do it all. We support everything. We never come from men like this. Mm -hmm. Ever. If I'm not mistaken, there was a law that was passed um, not too long ago where men can take paid leave too. Yeah, paid so, parental so what, leave. So what now? <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. There's no consequence. Thanks, you know, thanks as, honey. You gained right. the 30 pounds with me as I carried this child. And let's not let's not make light of it because it is, it is so great to have a partner, a male companion, whether it's male or female. In this case, we're talking male. 
companion that can be of uber support to you during that particular type of phase in your life. But unfortunately, if it's with if it's outside of that phase, it's like my partner can't go, you know, up for me and say my wife deserves better pay. You know, my partner cannot decide who is going to speak to me unjustly or justly because I'm a woman and a woman of color. Like it is we we are amidst a serious problem here. And it's always never being discussed. It's like being pushed under the rug. And I'm I'm over here like that rug is mad buckled. Like there's a lot of lumps under there. For real. Which y'all hiding? Yeah. Oh man. So do you have and that kind of I mean, definitely merges into the next, you know, phase of this discussion is sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have for those that are unaware, sponsorship in the workplace is the idea of finding someone at your company who can advocate on your behalf for raises, projects, and promotions in your workplace. So do you have sponsor? Do you need sponsorship? And if you don't have it, you know, how, or if you do have it, I should say, how did you obtain it? I wish we did have it. As I mentioned earlier, the firm I work for is a very small firm. Mm -hmm. So there is only one person that makes all of the decisions. He doesn't really go to anyone for advice. Oh, I see. You know, he is the only one that can give me a raise Mm -hmm. if he felt like it, Mm -hmm. which I think I'm due for soon. Yes, I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, so no, we, I, I don't, I don't have that. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry, sis. Yeah, I feel the woes. I feel the woes. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I feel that. It sucks. Yeah, this should. It just puts a lot into perspective. It's like, should I be working? Like, should. Who owns this company? What do you look like? What have you gone through? Like, how do I know? Because, you know, everything happens from the top down. Yeah. And if the top ain't looking too bright, get it bright. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got to make some changes. Yeah. What I, about you? Have you been um, lucky in that department? I have. I have grade sponsorship. Gray is in the color gray, like mixture of black and white i have plenty of people that would champion and would provide support through understanding and taking note of the very experiences i have Mm -hmm. and had um and they would definitely advocate for me in terms of like projects or Mm -hmm. ideas that could probably be best suitable are these your other sisters of color or no these are actual these are actually these are actually caucasian men Hey, kudos to you guys. That's dope. Yeah, so that's, that's dope. that is to say that there are a lot of yeah. people that are not of color that are champions for those of color. Yeah. Okay? I was going to say, like, we don't, you know, we're not narrow-minded. We don't believe that all mm-hmm. Caucasian people are the same. No, not true. And honestly, it's so interesting, too, because recently I was asked to go out to lunch with three of my colleagues, and these three happened to be male. Two were Caucasian, and mm-hmm. one was Guyanese, a man of color. And we all went out to lunch. And no particular reason, we all just like each other. <laughs> like, we've known okay. each other for a very long time. Um, and we went out to lunch, 
and it gave them, two of them are in positions that are, you know, superior to my own. Mm-hmm. And they were able to ask me questions about my plight within the current workplace. And when I shared my experiences with them and I shared examples, it really blew them to the point where... They one, weren't aware of what you well, were going through? One was was has and always been aware. He's constantly... He is the enigma out of the entire group because he is constantly challenging the thought processes of his count, of his colleagues, saying like... That. What are you doing? This is not appropriate. And he's he's he seriously is an advocate not just for women. He's an advocate for people of color, and he's a Caucasian male. I love it. And he is phenomenal. Like I, I appreciate the fact that he stands in his ignorance, and he complete he he's compel he compels himself to learn more so that he is no longer in that space of ignorance. But the other person. The other Caucasian male came to me like a week later and was like, Courtney, I can't stop thinking about this. Being recently promoted in this type of position, like I need to make sure that this is not happening. Like, what can I do? That's big. So I was really like, wow, bro, that's what's up. That's nice. I can write a book for you. <laughs> no, I was really taken aback and I was really appreciative because although he cannot specifically help my situation, what he can do is take what I've offered to him and use it in a positive way that can influence someone besides myself. Right. That's important. That's I like very that. important. Kudos to you, bro. Yeah, man. So all in all. It's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> We're trying to get the she money for the rent. Oh, my God. We need people willing to do something. Like, I think everyone can be open. Everyone can be can listen in. Everyone can be empathetic. But who's actually going to change my dollar sign? Mm. Who's actually going to implement a diversity program so that people are aware of the context of which they have conversations right in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm tired of that. I want to see some actual recourse. I want to see things done to reflect that you got it. Mm-hmm. Patting me on the back, giving me a hug, giving me the sappy eyes. Like, Oh my God, listen, bro, this is 10 minutes that you, I gave you to share. This is my life. Right. I need to see something done about it. And if you're not going to do anything about it, I'll have to do it for myself. Yeah, let me know so I can move along and go somewhere that's more suitable for me. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are not aware of, you know, what happens behind these corporate doors. And a lot of us are not under the realization of just how much people of color carry the weight of all these issues that the rest of the world gets an easy way out of, you know? So we talk about mental health continuously throughout a lot of our episodes, and this is no different. Being treated, think about being a child on a playground, and every time you fall, all of the kids laugh. That is a consequence of you falling. And if you are in a workplace where you're, constantly being laughed at or mistreated or being handled differently right. based off of something that you have no control over it's unfair yeah you also have to learn when it's time to go 
Oh, most You know, definitely. you have to learn when it's time to get up from the table. Yes. Get when up from love the table. is no longer being served. We are all creators here. We all create our environments. We all made the choice to sign on the dotted line wherever we work. Right. And if the work ain't working, it's time to sign on another dotted line. No, that's that's real. I, I felt that in my spine. <laughs> yeah. Man. I felt that in my spine. No, it's it's been real, you guys. Um just standing your truth and be proud of who you are. And don't ever apologize for who you are. Yeah. Even though I myself have to stand against a lot of male counterparts that are not of my ethnicity, listen, you gonna learn today. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna learn today. So for me, I don't have to, but I take it as a source of diligence to at least let you know, you need to look at us differently. You mm-hmm. need to treat us differently. You need to talk to us differently. And you know what? While doing that, you're also paving the way for someone else that's going to come after you, right? Or someone else of color that is in your same firm. I will say that there is one woman of color in my firm who literally told me that if it wasn't for me, she would not have spoken to another Caucasian male. Because she saw me interacting with him. I had him giggling. Now, like, he comes over to me all the time, mm-hmm. showing me pictures of his family functions. Like, and I'm sure I'm the only woman of color that he ever discusses this with. And if it wasn't, f- she literally told me, Courtney, if it wasn't for you, because they have to often work together on mm-hmm. team projects, she's like, I would have never spoken to him. Jeez. I was like, do do you think sometimes though that we are too in our heads? No, I don't. About this? I don't. Nope. Nope. I will say that depending on you can be too in your head regarding an actual event. But in all honesty, this is the way the world is. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying that because she said that if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for her seeing your interaction with this individual, she would have never spoken to him. So where does that fear come from? If she's never spoken to him, why is she so afraid? Well, I took it as if there's only three of us, and before I came, there was only one of her, she was the only one. Mm -hmm. So with her being the only one, there is absolutely no way she could even kind of gauge if it was possible. Mm-hmm. I take it as that. I also take it as, I don't know how this person treated her before I came. That's a, that's a question to ask, too. Okay. So I think it, there's a variation within the context of that. And I'm not sliding the fact that, yes, sometimes we can take it over the overboard just mm-hmm. a bit and not take accountability like if you're angry, <laughs> you angry. Yeah. But if you are really just being a passionate individual that cares about your work, that's totally different. Right. Okay. So we'll leave it at, we can leave it at, you know, ensure that you are addressing yourself first and making it very well apparent that this is not something that can be easily fixed by yourself, but re- requires the assistance and the help and the allegiance of others. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Okay. Sounds good. Y'all let us know. How is it being a person of color in your workplace? 
Yeah. And if you're know. not a person of color, how do you, how do you build do you relationship maneuver? and yeah. how do you, like, do you see this happening in your workplace where there are people of color? Yeah. Let us know. Thank you guys for joining us. Yep. Happy Black History Month. Happy Black History every day. To our listeners and supporters, thank you for tuning into another episode of Between You and I with Kiersia Reyes and Courtney Lene. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, and share. To learn about updates regarding the show, we can be found on Instagram and Twitter at Between You and I Podcast. That's B-E-T-W-E-E-N-Y-O-U-A-N-D-I-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can also reach us by email at betweenyouandipodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to gift tokens of appreciation, we accept all forms of donations. All proceeds will strictly go towards the production of this podcast. Thank you, and we will see you on the next episode of Between You and I. I have a hundred dreams. <laughs> 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 a hundred dreams.